1: Let's it fly, and Carl Anthony Towns drills it at the buzzer. A catastrophic finish for the Grizzlies. Welcome to the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. Your home for the best wolves talk around. Wiggins spots up there, deep 3 got him He scores. Welcome in to another Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast, where we talk about the best team in the NBA, or is it the worst team? I, I, I can't remember. I, I think we'll figure it out throughout uh, the, the rest of the podcast. But joining us tonight, as always, is Chris Emerson. Chris, how you doing? I'm cold, just like the Timberwolves jumpers. That's that's true. That's true. And also, we have joining us Jared Good. Jared, how are we doing? I'm inside,
2: so so that's that's a good plus to start. Um, Other than that, uh, been a frustrating week as a Wolves fan, but but being inside when it's negative twenty for the next three days is is kind of nice. So uh, I got no complaints other than the Wolves.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. uh, It's rough. I mean, it's rough here in Minnesota. It's literally, I believe, the coldest night of the entire year uh, tonight. It's literally. And literally, the Timberwolves are, record-wise, the worst team in the NBA. And this is when we went into a season with so much optimism and so much like, hey, this is going to be different. I mean, optimism for a Timberwolves team is basically, hey, we're going to be 500, (laughs) Which, which for the Lakers or Boston or one of those perennial winners would be like, oh, this is a down year. But... Uh so let's let's start positive then we can go into the neg- negative the the one big story that of course we have to talk about Carl Anthony Towns is back hallelujah I mean just honestly just good for him after the bad year he's had just to just to get back on the court and look good um is is an absolute miracle now he said he was a little winded the first night and I think I saw a report that he was actually a little um In the first half, he was a little out of it in the Charlotte game because he said that he was scared with the uh, whole pandemic of the rates spiking in Charlotte. But let's start with you, Chris. What did you think of Carl Anthony Towns' performance of him coming back um, in the two games?
0: I mean, it's, it's super impressive. I mean, for a guy that's been out as long as he has been, for a guy that, if you listen to his post game um, presser after the first game, said that he had some really, he actually had some really severe um, COVID issues, and they had to treat him with some kind of some of the some of the medicine that not all of us get. Um, he, you know, for him to come in with you know basically five weeks off because you know he had the time off with his wrist too and play like he has been is is just a testament to how talented he is I mean Mm -hmm. without having the wind without having it looks like he's lost a lot of weight um so he's you know he's definitely not in the athletic shape he, he wants to be in um he's just I mean he's a top 10 player I mean he's a difference maker all over the court and he's he's the kind of guy that you forget how good he is. And I think a lot of the fans forgot how good he is when he was out because there was all these rumblings on, well, maybe we should trade Cat. Maybe he doesn't want to play. That's why he's sitting out. We should see what we can get for him and start over with draft picks. Um, this guy is a future Hall of Famer, and he showed it these first two games back.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and Jared, what, what what did you think of Cat's performances in these two games?
0: Yeah, so so
2: I had actually posted on our our Timberwolves group that we are all a part of, and I thought that um, I thought that we were we were going to see around twenty two minutes from Cat, and um, he actually played thirty minutes in the first game, and I think he played thirty one in the second. Um, so I was kind of surprised to see him play that many minutes um, just coming back from something like COVID. And I know he publicly spoke about how difficult it's been for him and his family. Um, we obviously losing seven family members. Mm-hmm. Um, COVID is is a, a real thing for him. And so, so when we were talking about Cat, I thought that he would almost like, like when he got COVID, I figured, man, he's got to just be paranoid as hell because of what, is going on with his family members and how it's affected his people closest to him. I know that he came out and said that um, he he highly encouraged people to wear masks and um, and really take COVID seriously because he was absolutely um, super super scared and almost kind of paranoid to a point I think and I think that's why it took him so long to come back because his body and whatever DNA he has just didn't handle the disease very well so uh he came out and publicly said uh he encourages people to wear masks and COVID is, is no joke which you know i mean there's i'm not going to turn this into a political debate but i just want you guys to know that that he was pretty adamant on uh on people wearing masks and and taking COVID seriously so so I, it's it's always good to hear that from um somebody that we all um Respect and look up to mm-hmm. uh, as a basketball player in Minnesota, uh, but other than that, it was really good to have him back. Like he he played well. I mean, he played minutes. He played well. He was efficient. Like like Chris said, he he's a top ten NBA player, and I think the biggest frustration for me in the in the in in this week is we finally get Cat back, and we've been waiting weeks for him to come back, and <laughs> now Delo's been out. Uh, no, well, it'll be three straight games because he didn't travel with the team. Right. So he won't be playing on Sunday. And I think that's just so frustrating as a Timberwolves fan. Like, what do we have to do to get to 100%? So that's my biggest takeaway from Cat coming back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you mentioned it. It was weird because D'Lo, he missed that one game and then he came back. So it's like, okay, D'Lo's back. He went in for like, I don't know, like five minutes or something, hit two threes. And we're thinking, oh, okay, D'Lo's back. And not only that, D'Lo's back and he's hitting shots. So we're thinking, oh, okay, so Cat's going to come back soon. We're going to put this all together. We're going to stem the tide. And then Lo comes out and doesn't come back the the entire game and then misses the next game and then misses tonight's game. He's going to miss the next game after that. So I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's... If, if uh, what what is it, like a left quad? I don't know if that's code name for there's a scuffle inside of the locker room. I, I, I don't know what's going on, but it, it seems weird to me. Do, does it not, Jared? The, the, just the
2: timing of it seems like, like can we really be that unlucky to where we get one star back and then lose another one? Like, the answer is yes. <laughs> that, is the, that is the most Timberwolves thing in Minnesota thing ever, you know? That's like getting... It's like getting Randy Moss off the injury report and Chris Carter being out for the rest of the season. Like, that's just how Minnesota works, you know? Like, it's just, it's so unfortunate. And and that's why I bring it up because, like, this team at 100%, we don't know what they're going to be. We still don't. And we're, what, now 26, 27? 26,
0: 26. It's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So... What's kind of weird about the D'Lo thing um, is there's a lot of kind of buzz around local media right now. Like I've heard Barrero talk about it and uh, Britt and Dane um, that D'Lo might not be so happy here right now. Um, they're talking about that um, he doesn't like this. He might not like this style of offense. That's something that's kind of buzzing around Um and people in the league are saying that he doesn't really like being here right now, um, which I don't know how true this is. I don't, I don't know what, but Cat has really petitioned to keep Ryan here. Like, Ryan Saunders is Cat's guy. Um, they built the offense around Cat. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if that's true about D'Lo, who I still think would be a very, I mean, a tradable piece. Um, you could get decent assets back for him. Um, it'll be interesting to see if it comes to something like that, if there, if it is really him not being happy here, um, what's going to happen? Because Cat might have to choose between the coach and the system he wants or the player that he wanted. Um, I don't know. I mean, it all could just be talk, but it's definitely talk that I'm hearing.
2: I think my biggest response to that would be they've played two games together. Like Dilo wasn't wasn't put on this team to play by himself. Mm-hmm. And and that's essentially what he's been doing. So like can you blame him for being frustrated? I mean I'd be frustrated too. Like like we talked about in a previous podcast like he almost single I mean, he had some pieces around him, but he almost single-handedly brought the Brooklyn Nets to the playoffs a right. couple years back. And and he's super talented, but like one thing that I notice about Delo is like when he's hitting shots and he's playing well, he's got the entire bench amped up. Like when he go we check out on a, like we go to a commercial break or a timeout and he's bobbing his head and he's got it going on like he he, he wants to be here. But at the same point in time he's not playing with his best friend. And we're like I said, we're still kind of an incomplete team without both of them on the floor. And now he's out, which makes it super frustrating. It's also minus twenty here right now, so maybe that's why he's <laughs> unhappy. It's cold as hell here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sure I'm sure it's I'm sure it's nice um for them to be on the road trip right now when when it's uh when we, we, yeah, when it's 20 below and just re- ridiculous out here. It, it would be nice to get a win to uh, to help with the cold, but, I mean, really, really, what can you do? Uh, yeah, it's it's just ridiculous out there. Uh, but the Timberwolves, they fall to the Charlotte Hornets. Let's kind of break down this game a little bit. Uh, Malik Beasley, after... I mean, he had a good second half, but I think uh, against or, uh, the, the game before... Uh, yeah, he had a good second half against the Clippers, but uh, not a lot of them were in garbage time. But uh, 31 points tonight, and I feel like if there's one good thing about this season so far, it's been Malik Beasley. Like, and maybe you can argue the flashes that we've seen from Anthony Edwards, but I feel like the one guy who who actually looks like that he's living up to his contract right now. Is Malik Beasley, and and maybe you can argue like Jared Vanderbilt or or like a Nas Reed, who are are on very small contracts. But of the big contract guys, like you, you, I mean, you, you can't say that. You you can't say that uh, D'Lo has been living up to his contract. He hasn't. He hasn't barely played, and you know he's had some bad games. You can't say that Rubio's lived up to his contract. I mean, that's for sure. But yeah, Malik Beasley, I, I think he's been playing really well lately. I mean, he hit seven threes tonight. He's just been dying dynamite from the outside.
0: He has been. Um, what's crazy about Beasley is the first game when he played with Cat. You could tell that. Well, I mean, the whole team didn't really know how to play with Cat. Like there was, like Edwards, I think, took three shots in the whole second half. Um, Beasley didn't get going until the fourth quarter, and he just started kind of pumping it. Um, So it's going to take some time, and we're learning on the fly. Uh, What was interesting this game about Beasley is to, and and this is kind of a kudos to to Coach um, Saunders, and, you know, as much crap as we've been given him, one thing that you got to remember about Saunders is, I mean, you can look at, at Ryan Saunders almost like a second-year player in the NBA right now. Like, he's a young player that has potential, and, you know, he's not a complete package yet. You know, he's learning, and he's going to be making mistakes and some dumb mistakes, and, you know, it's just are we willing to stick with him, but... One thing he did this year or this game was Malik Beasley played the first quarter and then into the second quarter completely without a rest, which I think was a way to get him going early without cat, um, to try to get his shot going to try to get him in a rhythm. And I thought that was a good idea. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we're going to have to keep kind of mixing something like that because it definitely worked tonight. But yeah, Beasley, Beasley was good tonight. Um, Uh, Edwards looked good. You know, he looked aggressive. Um, it was kind of fun watching him and ball go back and forth. You could definitely tell that there was a little bit of, a little bit of, uh, one upsmanship going on there. Mm -hmm. Um, J Mac looked great. J Mac was jumping the lane, jumping a lot of passing lanes, got a bunch of steals. Um, I would have liked to see him close the game. Probably over Rubio would have been nice. Um, I think the biggest problem tonight was Jalen Noel. Um, it's weird to say he was a big problem, but he couldn't find a bucket and he's been so hot and we're so talent starved without D'Lo that we can't have guys, you know, throw in huge dud games. Um, I mean, we expect it out of guys like a Kogi, we expect bad scoring out of guys like Rubio, but if you're Noel, like what else are you on the floor for if you're not hitting shots? Mm -hmm. So, um, that definitely hurt. And, uh, the, the other thing that really hurt us is we were eight of 14 from the free throw line Yeah, and they were, and they were 19 of 19 or something like that. Like that's in a close game that that's killer. Um, but we played good basketball. We had eight total turnovers. I think they had 20, we forced 20 on them. Like it was a weird game um, back and forth, pretty much close the whole time. And it just came down to uh, you know, we couldn't stop their guard play.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I I agree. And uh one one second, Jared, but I I think one thing that's that's becoming more apparent with with Carl Anthony Towns back in is at least these games are fun and watchable. We went through yeah, yeah. we went through a large stretch of games where it was over, and now granted a lot of these were against the Lakers or the Clippers or good teams. We went through a large stretch of games where every single game was over by halftime, and it was just... Like, uh it was just the, the second stringers in the second half. Now, you can tell the difference. Now, I'm this isn't a knock on D'Lo, but the difference between a D'Lo-led team and a Carl Anthony Towns-led team. I feel like this team plays harder when Carl Anthony Towns is in the lineup, and Carl Anthony Towns is obviously a better passer, and I think that they know that that Carl Anthony Towns is is more likely to look for them and and wants to run the wants to find them on cuts and stuff like that. So yeah, I feel like this team plays harder when Carl Anthony Towns, I mean, he's their leader. So that that's kind of what I've noticed out of the past two games, but Jared, what do you think of tonight's game? Um yeah, so
2: like like Chris was saying like like when you kind of look at the box score, you kind of look and say, "Where did we lose this game? We won a turnover battle. We won a three point right. battle. We shot nine more times than they did, and I, we, you know, missed six free throws." Or, but like I look at it, and I look at the rebound category, and we we're minus twelve in the rebound category, and that essentially
1: yeah, we got killed. We got killed. We know? got killed on the board tonight. Yeah.
2: So so I mean like. But like, if you tell me that this team's going to shoot, you know, near forty percent from three and near forty-six percent from the field, eighty-two game, or seventy-two games on a shortened season, I'll take that every night. Like, we played well tonight; mm-hmm. it just wasn't With eight there. turnovers. Yeah, that's awesome. That, I mean, that's what you want to see. Like, like when you're looking at at the box score and stuff, like everything checks out for the Timberwolves side except for getting
1: out rebounded. Yeah, out and rebound in free throws I, I too. I yeah. was
2: kind of like. Kind of like it's whatever, but you know, um, my biggest takeaway from from this week, though, and and I'll be a, a guy to eat my own words here because I was kind of critical of Edwards, but I thought Edwards have, has played absolutely great this week, and not only that, like like this dude is this dude's buff, like this is a big dude, like he if he starts finishing at the rim, this dude is a borderline all star in my opinion, like he's that good.
0: When when he starts finishing, yeah, yeah,
2: because that's really his only downfall is he can get into the paint at will. It's just he hasn't been finishing at that great of a clip, Mm -hmm. and and that'll come with time. Like you got to remember, this guy's a rookie. He's going to be a good player. Lamelo obviously has taken the league by storm, in my opinion. Um, He's actually moved into the starting lineup um and he's he's running with rozier and graham so they're running a three guard starting rotation Uh, he really didn't jump into the starting role until graham got hurt but now that he's gotten there he's he's looking to stay there and and he's a very polished kid as well one thing that surprised me surprises me about lamello is the dude rebounds at a pretty insane rate for a guard um and he he's 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 been a damn good player i think there's no argument that these guys should have gone one two in the draft and i wouldn't say that we missed out on on lamello because i don't think the fit was necessarily perfect here being that we have delo but uh Lamelo's a good player um and i think anthony edwards is, is damn damn near just as good um But yeah, that was my biggest takeaway from this Mm -hmm. game. It was fun to watch the rookies, but uh, I'm starting to grow a little bit more and more towards the Edwards train. Um, I think he's a pretty damn good player, Mm -hmm. and and I'll eat my own words for giving him some criticism in the past couple weeks.
0: Well, criticism's okay. I mean, he definitely earned some criticism, but uh, he's also young. Mm -hmm. One thing that... So remember last episode, we didn't really get into it too much, but we talked a little bit about Lehman and how good he was playing. Right. One thing that's kind of bothered me in these last two games is right when we when Lehman gets back and he starts, he starts really kind of getting his game back under his feet. He's hitting jumpers. He's blocking shots. He's showing his athleticism. He's all over the court. You know, he's what, six, eight ish, six, seven, six, eight ish. So he's got a good size, good body. Um, all of a sudden he doesn't play the last two games mm-hmm. and we're back to playing a kogi all these minutes uh. you're telling me that having a six8 athlete out there that can shoot wouldn't have been an upgrade over a kogi like who was it i mean a Kogi did a, a i mean he was mixing up on who he was guarding but um the thing about having a guy that's like a man defender in the league and that's his main strong suit is you know if let's say you're gordon hayward and it's, you know, you want to get your shot, and you got a Kogi on you, what do you do? You wave over a pick, the guy comes, you get a soft halfway pick, and it's a switch automatically, and now you're not guarded by a Kogi anymore. Mm -hmm. So, like, the whole benefit of having him out there as a stopper is gone in a two-second pick. So his value is so reduced. I just don't understand why a guy, or even, like, when, like when Noel was missing or like, where was Lehman? I would have liked to see him out there. Yeah. Um, mix it up. I, I don't know. There's, uh, I don't know. It just, <laughs> you know, it's hard to say that, you know, guys like Lehman are the reasons we're losing. Um, but, you know, Lehman's 26 years old. Let's see what we have in him as much as we see what we have in these other guys.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, I I agree, I agree with that. And uh, one one quick side note, you guys, you mentioned Gordon Hayward, and I've always been so so. Here's a question, and, and this can be short too. But what what's your opinion of Hayward? In your mind, is he like a star? Is he is he elite, or is he just a good player? Like where where would you kind of rank Gordon Hayward? Because like tonight, okay, let, let's let tonight's box score: seven boards, five assists, fourteen points. I mean, he wasn't. That was a bad night for him. It was. It was a bad night. He only shot five for twenty-one from the field. But in your mind, what, where 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 would you rank like Gordon Hayward? Would, like a star, elite player. Where where in your mind would you would you put him? Uh, let's start with you, Chris.
0: So it's so tough because he's just kind of getting back from his injuries, but. Um, <laughs> You know, he, star is hard because right. a, a star has so many different kind of so many different ideas with it, like flash and and media and draw and stuff like that. But as an actual just basketball player, um, he's the kind of guy that, you know, what you're going to get every night. And it's, you know, it's one of the classic things they say about every white player in football and every white player in basketball He's a lunch pail guy. You know, but that's what this guy is like. You don't see him getting too hype. You don't see him getting too down. Um, he hits the shots he's supposed to hit. He knows how to get to his spots. He's just a solid veteran player, which is exactly what you need on a on a team like this. And and he's not only a veteran, but he's a veteran that can still play.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, Jared, what 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 is where would you rank uh, Gordon Hayward in the patriarchy of of so the NBA? I, I,
2: I wouldn't. I wouldn't claim him as a star, but I think, and this is going to be a bad analogy because I don't know that he makes the All Star game even because the league is so deep. But I would say he's he's somewhere between an All Star and a star. He's he's a little bit better than than an a low tier All Star, but he's not a star. Um, and I also think that. Uh, like, like you were saying, like this is a guy that just fills up the stat sheet and I'm gonna take you guys down memory lane memory lane here. Uh, one of my favorite players of of all time in basketball was josh smith the left hander from uh the atlanta hawks and the reason why i love that guy is he just did a little bit of everything he he scored a little bit he rebounded he had some assists he had some blocks he had some steals it's what i would like to call like a five tool player and i feel like gordon hayward is kind of similar uh he shoots the ball a little bit better um than josh smith obviously did um but my biggest question and i'm going to put a question back on the both of you guys yeah. is do you think the Charlotte Hornets can make the playoffs in the East? Because I would argue that they can.
1: Uh well I'll go first on this one, but so so let's look at let's look at where they are right now. They they are the sixth seed after the win. They're actually if you look at it division wise, they're actually on top of their division. That tells you how bad that division is I would say yes, because looking at the teams that aren't in the playoffs right now, um, I don't see a lot of people, a lot of teams that could overtake them. I mean, Washington, Detroit, no. Although Detroit got a win over the Clippers recently and tonight got a win over Boston. So I have no idea what's going on there. And they just lost Derrick Rose. Orlando, no, I don't see it. The Cavaliers, no. I mean Chicago as much as you want to feel for Levine I don't think so uh, Atlanta that's the one that, that's a little tricky for me uh, Miami definitely I, I think they're going to put it together and make it so then you got the Knicks Toronto and Charlotte and I could definitely see this team making it in as in a six seed particularly if M- LaMelo keeps playing the way that he can and I mean we saw Rozier tonight I mean he played out of his mind tonight if he put up those kind of performances, I think they're in good shape. But yeah, I, I think they can sneak in, uh, particularly. And we got to remember that the playoffs this year, making the playoffs is the ten seed. So mm. I, you have a chance if you are ten. So I, I think in my mind, I think the Knicks fall, even though they just got Derrick Rose. I think that Miami and Atlanta um overtake, overtake um the. Uh, The Charlotte Hornets and I could see, yeah, I could see the Hornets sneaking in. Chris, what do you think?
0: I mean, the East is so bad. I mean, you've got the Pacers sitting at the fifth seed, and I just saw the other day that the Pacers are in the bottom five in offensive and defensive efficiency. I think,
1: jeez, Um,
0: they're not very good.
2: The Uh, Pacers have gotten blown out multiple times in the past two weeks. Yes. it, they're it's, not
0: that good, and they're a fifth it's, seed. It's wow.
2: Sabonis versus the world with that team.
0: Yeah, and Sabonis operates from about fifteen feet in. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would say, I would say, yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. I don't see why they wouldn't.
1: Uh, yeah, and here's what I'll say about the East. I think the East. And obviously, I mean, obviously the West is better, but I think the East is very top heavy right now because you got, because you got Sixers, I mean, Embiid's playing like an MVP this year, Milwaukee, we know Milwaukee, Brooklyn has probably the, I don't know how they're going to work together, but they probably have the most talent in the league uh, with those three guys. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to, I mean, when you have three top 10 players, it's tough to dispute that. And then Boston. Boston, yeah, Boston, who is only thirteen and twelve right now, but you got to imagine they're going to turn it around. But yeah, they, they, they I would say they don't have the death of the West when you got. I mean, Utah, Lakers, Clippers, Suns, Portland, San Antonio, Denver, uh, the Warriors, who with Curry playing out of his mind right now, and then even some of these lower teams. Houston's pretty good. Dallas is good. The Dallas
0: Mavericks are eleventh.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Memphis, who who are right now beating the Lakers. I mean, like, yeah, the Kings. Kings are having a decent year. When was the last time we said that? Um, De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald kind of making it happen over there. And then you have the Thunder and Timberwolves.
2: <laughs> well, one thing I'll say about the Kings is uh, they also struck gold in the draft with Tyrese Halliburton. Dude's of stud. Yep.
1: Yeah, they yeah they did they they did draft well. Um, I, shout out
0: to Oshkosh, Wisconsin. I got a good buddy of mine who's from Oshkosh, and his dad actually coached Halliburton. And my buddy played pickup games against him like from when Halliburton's been like in junior high all the way on and um, knows him pretty personally. So uh, shout out to uh, Oshkosh, Wisconsin and uh, Tyrese Halliburton.
1: That, that's funny you mention Oshkosh because I actually, I used to, for my job in radio, I used to have a job in Fond du Lac, and we would go watch um, we would get free tickets at my job to the uh, there's a the G League team for the uh for the Bucks in Oshkosh uh the uh the herd the the wisconsin herd and we'd go to oshkosh and watch those games so yeah it's it's a it's a good city it's it's kind of it's kind of a cool city it's right on it's right on like the the lake wobegon lake and it's kind of cool but anyway anyway moving forward uh jared anything you want to say about oshkosh wisconsin or not
2: <laughs> My wife's from the far east
1: corner. I don't know anything about Wisconsin. Oh, okay. It's not in the east corner. <laughs> All right, so moving forward. Uh, so that's – So oh, okay, so one thing, and this can be quick too if you guys want, but who do you think – and I think these guys are going to match up. We kind of talked about when Edwards and, and Wiseman matched up um, earlier this year. But who do you think in your mind – I mean, obviously the Hornets won the game, but who who won round one? Who do you think came out looking better uh, between Edwards and Lamelo tonight?
0: So I would say straight, if you're looking, if you're watching the game, what I got out of it was Edwards. I still think has the most raw potential. Like he showed elite level, top five in the NBA potential type player. And Ball showed just maybe top 10 in the NBA, like, basketball IQ and awareness. Like, that guy is in the right place at the right time, um, is long. He knows how to use his body. He knows how to use other players. Um, I don't see him ever being elite, but I see him having you know, a long career of being very solid.
1: Mm -hmm. And Jared, who do you think won round one? Um,
0: I
2: mean, I think they both played really well. Um, I I think I tend to lean towards LaMelo just because he's got his team in contention and he's starting. I mean, they both started, Edwards and LaMelo started, starting for their teams at around the same time. Right. So, um, I mean, they pretty much go hand-in-hand. LaMelo's been just pretty efficient. Like, he was 8 for 15 tonight, you know? I mean, he had three steals, 20 points, 11 rebounds. Like I said, like, the dude rebounds at an insane rate for a guard. He's Um, so
0: scrappy. He just finds the ball around the hoop. He gets loose balls. Like, yeah, he's... He makes plays. And, and then
2: and then with Edwards, like Edwards has made big strides for me, who pretty much watches the Wolves on a daily basis. And I was frustrated with Edwards and not being able to finish at the at the rim. But like in the past week or two, he's made huge strides in my mind. Um and and this is kind of something we talked about, like just mixing up lineups and putting him in the starting lineup opposed to coming off the bench with where he's just going to chuck it. And and he's looked m- a lot more efficient in my eyes. And that stuff with, like, finishing at the rim, that'll come with time. Like, the dude's not always just going to miss bunnies. Like Like, mm-hmm. there's times where he misses. He gets to the hole at ease, and then he just misses, and it's frustrating. But, like, eventually that stuff's going to start dropping. And if that stuff starts dropping, this dude's going to be scoring 30-plus a game. And And it's crazy to
0: think about. He gets no calls. Our whole team doesn't get calls when we drive it hard, probably because we're so young. But when he starts getting, like, NBA star-level calls, oh, my God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for the future. Really, the the I because we went into this draft and everyone was saying, "Oh, well, of course the Wolves get a get a draft in where where there's not a consensus number one pick or this is kind of a weak draft." But if we can watch this draft class, particularly these two, Lamelo and Edwards, and they both turn into like you were saying, top twenty five, top thirty players. I mean. I, I think I think we might look back in it and like what, what were we thinking? I mean, these are two cameras prospects. Wiseman, I'm not totally sure on yet. Um, he's not really performing with the Golden State Warriors right now. But he, I, think,
2: I think the biggest thing with Wiseman is like like we talked about this in previous podcasts. The dude just can't stay out of follow trouble, mm-hmm. and, and his minutes aren't there. Like like you know you guys know that that I do my fantasy minute on here every week, but like. A guy that doesn't get minutes has no real value to unlocking his potential. Like you need to stay on the floor, you need to stay out of foul trouble, and that's the big thing with Wiseman, is he's he's always in foul trouble. He doesn't play a ton of minutes, and I think the biggest thing when we talk about Wiseman is, is the evolution of Draymond Green at the five the past week. <laughs> Ever since they had they had uh, Wiseman go out, they had. Uh, they had uh, they had a bunch of injuries, but anyways, Draymond Green's been playing the five for him, and he's been unbelievable again. He's flirting with a triple double almost every single night. Mm-hmm. And and like when we talk about Wiseman, like you gotta you gotta stay on the floor, like what it, at all costs you gotta figure out your fall problems and you gotta stay on the floor. And mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest knock on Wiseman.
1: By the way, one one thing I I want to mention uh, about this game. The Timberwolves and Gophers on the road this season, a combined 2 and 18. So <laughs> we, we, we struggle. I mean, the Gophers, they, they're playing great at home and should make the tournament, but I mean, just we can't win on the road.
0: Yeah, I mean that's not going to look forward to going to the tournament, not winning on the road. That's not a good thing.
1: No, no, it's I'll say, not. I'll say this about the
2: Gophers. Uh, I, I actually watched an Ohio State game last week, and that team is that team is damn good. Yeah, and, and and we beat them, so so that that's a that's a quality win that you can put on your resume. Yeah, I mean we team. I think last last time I looked, I think the Gophers had a. Uh, Six seed, nine in the seed.
1: Right now, it's a nine seed, but that okay. was that was before the Purdue win. So we've beaten and just quick tangent on Gophers. We have beaten Michigan, top in the Big Ten, Ohio State third in the Big Ten, Iowa fifth in the Big Ten, and Purdue sixth in the Big Ten. So I mean, that's pretty. They're, that's, going, they're going to the tournament. Yeah, I, I think they will. But if you can't win on the road, you can't win on the road. Also, one one last thing about the game. Uh, just kind of a side note. I forgot that Bismack Biombo was still in the league <laughs> <laughs> i when when i when I saw him out there, I was like, really he's still here because he
0: started
1: he started like the first tw-
2: twenty games because Zeller was out
1: <laughs> <laughs> also Cody Zeller like I feel like people go to. Other than like Terry Rozier and Hayward, I people I feel like people go to Charlotte and just get buried, and people just forget about them. Like also <laughs> Malik Monk too. Like when was the last time you heard anyone talk about Malik Monk?
0: March Madness. I
1: being guess it, yeah, being exactly. A fantasy
0: basketball
2: player. Uh, this Malik Monk had two monster games off the bench about two weeks ago. So so I've heard his name more recently. Okay. But yeah, I mean he he. He was buried at the bottom of the bench on that team until injuries popped up, but the dude can still shoot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What well, kind of a I would say kind of a bust coming out of Kentucky though. I mean, eleventh pick. I think they were really expecting a lot from him. I liked him a lot, but uh yeah, just, just kinda of <laughs> yeah, waste. I,
2: it it's safe to say he's a bust, I think.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um yeah so uh one one thing I wanted to mention about the uh the the game before the Clippers game first of all I think we played really well against the Clippers particularly in the first half I mean you can't really deny it you get cat back the the team is re, re, has a has a resurgence of sort and then uh, you know they they really just got Kawhi Leonard um like tonight they got Terry rozier um but uh, one thing I want to mention, the, the negative from this game, though, is you let Josh Akoge shoot 14 times. That, and I, I was telling Chris this before we started the podcast. That can't happen. That can't happen in the NBA. That can't happen if if we're playing pickup ball. Like, uh, Josh Akoge, at most, can get 10 shots. He shouldn't get 14 shots and be the second leading shot getter on your team.
0: So one thing about Josh Okoge, kind of about him, is one thing that I really noticed in that Clippers game is that multiple times um, Malik Beasley was defending uh, Kawhi Leonard, and Kawhi Leonard posted up Beasley, and Beasley fought him off each time. Um, Beasley isn't a terrible defender. Like, he can defend. I, I think, like, his uptick in defending... And, you know, McDaniel's ability is almost writing writing the, the wall, put the writings on the wall for a Kogi. <laughs> um, I wonder if us playing him and us starting him and playing him fourth quarter minutes right now isn't 100% for trade value because he's coming up on a contract, I think, the year after next. Um, and what would you pay a guy like him? You know, like <laughs> nothing. He, you know, like, you're not going to let him walk. So if right now he has a little bit of value, you got to try to use it. Uh, another thing I loved about the Clippers game was we saw Nas and Cat and play together. Yep. And I thought it was great. Cat was spaced out, bringing one of the bigs up high, and it let Nas go to work in the post. And and that's something that I would like to see more of. Mm-hmm. Um, I was
2: just, just going to ask you that earlier in the podcast. Um, would you be opposed to... A starting lineup of when we're healthy: D'Lo, Beasley, Edwards, Nas, and Cat.
0: I would be opposed to it just because who backs up then?
1: (laughs) Uh, I guess Vandy McDaniel's maybe. I
0: wouldn't mind fifteen or I wouldn't mind Uh, ten minutes of it.
2: Yeah, or yeah, you know, like even closing with something like that.
1: You know what? That, that starting lineup, it sounds like you're putting your best five players on the court. Like, like l- let's be totally honest. Like, those, those are the best five players on the Timberwolves right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And they can't play together. I mean, it's not like they can, it's just we're so shallow after that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That brings up a question I got for you, Jared. Since this podcast seems to be just firing different questions back and forth, here's my <laughs> question for you guys. Um, Jared Vanderbilt played 14 minutes today. Pretty much didn't do much of anything, um, but, you know, he didn't have much time to do anything. Uh, He's a free agent. He's making, I don't know, a million dollars right now. Uh, Do we sign him? And if we do, what kind of deal do we give him? Um, And if not, do we use him in a trade package right now when he has value? uh what do we do with a guy like jared vanderbilt i love him but he definitely has huge flaws um i think I, uh, i think
2: that we could potentially trade him right now um i don't think he's the second coming of anything i like how hard he plays and i think he's very athletic but we have so many guys on our bench that don't play enough minutes and are super athletic, you know? Like, if you're going to make me pick between uh, McDaniels and, and Vanderbilt, right now I'm picking McDaniels. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. one of them has got to go. So, I, I think it's a great question. I think you can absolutely tie him together. And, and when you talk about, like, trade packages, because I know you're great at this, this Chris, but, like, When the salary is that low that's just an added bonus really like you don't really you're not trying to make salary match with that extra million dollars So he's just a a future prospect basically that you're getting and and teams there's a lot of teams in the league that are struggling at power forward and us included but like I mean He's absolutely got some value right now. I think he's at his peak. I don't think he can get a whole lot better
1: No no, I I don't think his shot is going to improve uh, too too much either. So yeah, like I like like you were kind of saying, I would be fine with getting rid of Vanderbilt and letting McDaniels kind of take his spot as much as like I've said in a past podcast as much as like you would tell a kid like play like Vanderbilt like he plays hard and he goes after everything he's not indispensable and and in no way is he I think part of the long term future of this team so yeah I would I would let him walk and I did look he is a restricted free agent so the Wolves do they, they do have an opportunity to match the salary someone else would give him but yeah i mean i would
0: assume assume we'll get him for next and i mean i would assume he'll be no one's gonna offer him anything we'll toss him like three mil a year or something like that and keep him for a couple years um but you know if we're doing a deal a three-way deal or something to try to get in there and there's a team like the lakers that want to have a guy come in and play eight to ten minutes just hard as hell Um, that could be a role for him, you know?
2: Mm -hmm. Since we're doing some rapid-fire questions, I'm going to send one back to you guys because this is something that I talked about on the page today is I feel like Rubio has killed his own trade value. Um, What is your guys' thoughts? I know we've talked about potentials with orlando orlando is so banged up right now um frank mason started their last game for him and he got hurt michael carter williams got pulled off the injury report earlier to start tonight um they're banged up if the magic are serious about making a playoff run maybe we can we can swing that gordon deal finally because he's injured for a while and we ain't going anywhere anytime soon so why not
1: yeah, I mean, I I would right now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, if you're talking getting rid of Rubio for Aaron Gordon, who's hurt right now, absolutely, I make that deal. That makes that that absolutely makes sense. And in that way, you get Aaron Gordon, then you can have Nas come up off the, the bench with your second and with your your second string, and have Nas back up Carl Anthony Towns. So, I mean, just at face value, absolutely, I, I'm making that deal. And Rubio, I mean. It's it's tough with Rubio because, like we said, he had breakout performances the last two years. Like particularly, I don't know where Bubble Rubio has gone, but Bubble Rubio was absolutely amazing for this team. But it's clear that he's doesn't have. I think he needs a team with a bunch of shooters, and we are not that team. So I'll I'll, I'll concede to Chris, but absolutely, I'm making that deal.
0: So as a fan, oh for sure, I'm making that deal. You know how much I love Aaron Gordon on this team, but. Um, and even though I like Rubio, so as, as a fantasy guy, I'm in a 12-category league, which is, you know, if you if you put field goal percentage, uh, three-pointers made, points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, and assists to turnovers I have in ours. If you put that in there, over the last week, he's a 62nd best player. Rubio over the last week is averaging nine assists a game, two and a half steals, three to one assists to turnovers. Like that's like nine assists a game is top five in the NBA on a team that is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, That's, you know, you put him on a real team that can make shots. That's scary. He's, he's turning the corner. I would almost say he had what nine assists again tonight. Um, You know, the thing that's, that's slowing him down is his jumper, which, you know, is always what, the thing about his jumper is it's always bad so like it's not like it's a huge surprise that it's slowing him down but he's a he's frightened to take it like in the fourth quarter tonight he had a he had a layup an easy layup wide open layup and he passed it up um because he's he's got that a Kogi kind of thing going um that's what's killing him right now if he could pump his his points from like six, I think he's averaging about six points a game over the last week and four rebounds. So yeah, six points, four rebounds, eight assists, two and a half steals. That's not terrible. I mean, it's not great, but it's as a solid vet. But if you could get that six points to maybe 10 points, like then that's, you know, a real solid veteran, you know, make the right plays kind of guy. What um, What's bothering me about Rubio is or what I like about him I guess is he seems to have his his flair back right now. Like not like his flair where he's making the no look passes, although he had a couple of those in the Clippers game. But he he's competing hard again. Um, but like you said I would make that trade in a heartbeat. And I, I said the same thing. I said if there's one team that needs a point guard right now and one even for next year, it would be it would be Orlando. Um, You know, when Fultz comes back, you know, and they're like we said in other podcasts, they're a team that's taking a risk on high draft picks that have fallen apart Um, when they did that with Fultz, toss them Culver. You give me Rubio and Culver to them and you take back Gordon and just some low level contract to make it work. We save a little bit of money because we're tight on cap space right now. And, uh, you know, I would love that deal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I think absolutely you do that. You you absolutely do that. Uh, why don't we kind of go forward to? Uh, I think it's about time for the fantasy outlook. Uh, Jared, what what you got for us this week? Yeah, so
2: I I don't remember if I mentioned him in the last podcast or not, but but one of my top ads this week is Frank Kaminsky. Um, Frank Kaminsky is actually starting for the Suns for the next. Uh, however long Dario Saric is out for, and he's been playing really, really good, too. I added him this last week. Uh, he's been playing really, really great, and he's been getting the minutes. Uh, I think he's probably my top add of the week. Uh, I kind of want to backtrack to last week where I mentioned Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> I happened to look at a box score the next day, and he had 11-11-1 in about 20 minutes. So, I mean, you're adding a double-double guy off the bench. and We talked about him with trade value and the trade value is still probably there for him. Um, so, so if Hassan Whiteside's in your league, I think you, you still are adding him if you can, um, depending on how deep your league is, he might be there. He might not be there. Um, other guys that I like, I mean, Michael Carter Williams, if you're looking for a short term fix, um, Cole Anthony's been out. Fournier has been out. Foltz is still out. um, like that team is just depleted uh, at the point guard position. I know Fultz is, or uh, Michael Carter Williams is playing right now, midway through the third quarter. He's got 17 points, four four rebounds and five assists. Um, That's that's what I mean. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like when you get guys that are on the injury report that get uh, different usage rates and different roles and and more minutes, those are the kind of guys that I'm talking about. Um, Mm -hmm. One guy that I absolutely hated at the beginning of the season had a monster game tonight. Is uh, he's a rookie? His, his last name is Bay from Detroit. Sadiq. Oh, Sadiq. Sadi- Sadiq Bay. Sadiq yeah. Sadiq Bay. Yeah. He had like thirty-two and eleven tonight off the bench. Um, Dude can shoot threes. Last time I looked at their box score, he was six for six from three. Um, so in a category league, a guy like Sadiq Bay could possibly be in an ad territory right now, depending on on what. And you got to look at Detroit, and and this is what I like. I stress so much about injuries and how usage rates rates change. So Mason Plumley's been out for the past two games. So you can look at a guy like Ian or uh, Ian Stewart has been getting starter starter center minutes. And he's probably available in one hundred percent of the leagues right now. Um, even if it's short term, even if you own him for a week, that can give you a boost. Um, just getting starter minutes from from certain players. Um, but a guy like Sadiq Bey has also seen longer run because they're depleted. I, I think Griffin didn't play on, not he played tonight, but the night before, uh, I don't think he played either. So it's like you get longer, r- longer runs from players at, at certain positions. I can't stress enough how how important injury news is in fantasy, especially basketball because it pops up frequently,
1: mm-hmm. particularly in a, in a COVID year. Yes.
0: Detroit's going to stop playing their star, their veterans pretty soon. I mean, they're already making it pretty obvious that they're going to just start feeding the young talent. So, yeah, that's a good call.
1: Speaking of uh, speaking of veterans, I think we got a comment on this, and I love seeing this. But Derek Rose, Tom Thibodeau gets his hands on Derek Rose once again, and Derek Rose is traded to the New York Knicks. I think this is a great move for New York because a it gets it gets Derrick Rose out of Detroit, which is just a dumpster fire a, at this point, point. and b you you pair Derrick Rose back up with Tom Thibodeau, who is having some success in New York right now. Now I don't know if they're a playoff team talent wise, they're not a playoff team, but this definitely helps. Uh, Jared, what did you think of the uh, of the Derrick Rose to New York move? Well.
2: You, you guys have heard me talk about Austin Rivers and how I liked him because he was the one guy off the bench that was going to see minutes in terms of a fantasy perspective. Well, now that same exact player is Derrick Rose, who's a much better player than <laughs> than Austin Rivers. Um, I love the move, honestly, because mm-hmm. Derrick Rose's biggest thing from a fantasy perspective is he's only playing like 20 to 22 minutes. Now he might he has the potential to see thirty 45. because we all know how much <laughs> Tibbs likes to break those knees and he's gonna play and he's a good player when he gets those minutes. I think Rose is a is a great add from a fantasy perspective.
1: Yeah, and uh, Chris, what what do you think of uh, D Rose to New York?
0: I mean. I don't know. I mean, it's fine. I mean, I like Quigley. I'd like to see them, i like, I mean, if they didn't have Thibodeau as a coach, I'd like to see them play Quigley, who's playing, he's a, you know, a huge steal in the draft so far, um, but he's not going to be getting the minutes now. They're playing Peyton over him, and they're going to soon play Rose over him, so that rookie's going to get buried on the bench, um, just kind of like how Obi Toppin's getting buried on the bench behind, you know, guys like Bullock. Um, I don't know. It's fine. I love Derrick Rose. I mean, there's nobody in the world that's got a faster first step than him after having, you know, every knee surgery known to man. So, uh, good for Rose. I mm-hmm. hope he's happy there. That's all I want. I want him to have a happy end of his career. I got nothing bad to say about the player.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm gonna the, take. Yeah,
2: go ahead. I'm gonna take a victory lap here on my Hassan Whiteside. Uh, talking about him for the past two weeks. Hassan Whiteside right now has 16.7 rebounds, one assist. He's seven for seven from the field and 50% from
1: the line in nice. 15 minutes. Well, there you go. There you go. That, that's awesome. Yeah. But on on the Derrick Rose thing, like you said, like, I think everyone, I don't think anyone dislikes Derrick Rose, like in the entire world. Like I, I, I He's think the most, he is the most loved player Right. And a lot
2: of the love that I see for him comes from the Philippines, which kind of surprises me. I'm in a lot of basketball Facebook groups and it never seems to blow my mind. Like if you get like a post where it says, Are you taking MVP Rose or or current curry? So many people love Rose, it's unbelievable. Like he is one of the most beloved players in the entire NBA and it's internationally too.
1: Yeah. I I think one of the reasons for that is because early early on in his career he was the guy taking on like LeBron and and the, and the super teams of the Heat and taking them to like seven games and and really really giving them a run for their money. I mean, who knows? Maybe LeBron's story is completely different if Derrick Rose doesn't get hurt. It's it's completely possible. But uh, so let, let's take a look at the Wolves' upcoming schedule, and I got to say it is not favorable we're going to tampa to take on the raptors cuz remember the raptors are not in uh they're in tampa right they're not in uh yeah. yeah tampa take on the raptors then we got the lakers this week uh pacers and then raptors again and let, let's do this again uh which game are you looking forward to the most out of the two raptors lakers and pacers and do you think we can win any of them <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I think I would say I think we can beat the Pacers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I don't think we will, but I think we can. Um, hopefully, we can get D'Lo back, but I don't know. Um, you know, I want to see I want to see Anthony Edwards go up against the Lakers. I want to see Ant- if they don't rest LeBron, which I wouldn't surprise me if they did. But I want to see Anthony Edwards D up LeBron. I mean, he's body type wise probably one of the best guys to do it um and it would just be fun to see like and i know that that's something that you know he, Anthony Edwards would love to do um he was asked recently in in one of his post game press conferences which by the way if you're not watching Anthony Edwards post game press conferences you're you're making a big mistake in your life oh.
2: I'll say this quick, Chris, that that Popeye's interview was the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> that was it, hilarious.
0: <laughs> every interview that guy does is amazing. Um, but he was asked uh, uh, what his thoughts were on the rookie class and if he looks at the stats. And he's like, no, I don't look at any of that. He's like, I watch basketball, but he's like, I'm watching, you know, LeBron James. I'm watching Kevin Durant. I'm watching, you know, Harden. Um so I know that he's gonna be hyped to, to go up against LeBron and and who wouldn't be. So that mm-hmm. would be fun to watch.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh Jared, w- which game are you looking forward to the most this uh this week?
2: Yeah, so I jumped the gun last week and told you guys that I was looking forward to the Raptors game. So so we have to play him twice this week. So I'm gonna so I'm gonna stick with my I'm gonna stick with my my thought process. Um Sunday is going to be kind of disappointing because because my, one of my big mentions in the last podcast was how I wanted to see how we would match up with a team like that, that had that had two good guards and, you know, an inside presence in Siakam. We're not going to have DLO, so that's kind of frustrating. But right. this, I'll, I'll, I'll move forward and say the second Raptors game and hopefully we can have him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you know, I want to see how we match up with them. You know, we we. We have an inside presence in Cat, and we we might have Delo back. And I think like it, it's so frustrating to do uh, a podcast about the Timberwolves for an hour almost every week when we're so incomplete and we're still incomplete. Right. We finally got one star back, and we lost another one. So um, any game where uh, where Cat and Delo play together—that's the one I'm interested in the most. And- <laughs>
1: that's true. Exactly. <laughs> and, and for me, the answer is obvious because it, I'm going to show my cards right now. I'm a huge LeBron guy. So anytime LeBron is on the court, I'm there like, like, I, I tried so we we would do a season ticket draft so like one by would buy the tickets and then we would draft I would always try to get whatever team was LeBron was on because for me he's he's my favorite player of all time I'm sorry he's my Jordan I didn't grow up during the Jordan era so I I'm sorry he's my Jordan so it, it's it's got to be the Lakers for me but I'm intrigued about the Pacers because I want to see why they are the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference right now Now I know like we said the Eastern Conference is top heavy but what about them like what I, I want to see because I haven't seen them I've probably seen them play once. I want to see what makes them such a coherent team and and what makes them play so well together. So I think uh, we're, we're gonna put a wrap on that. We've almost gotten an hour so uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining us again this week. Thank you. and Jared thanks as always. Absolutely.
2: Uh, hopefully we have a little bit better positivity to bring next week. Uh, look out for D'Lo and Kat to play together. Um, that can bring, bring the Wolves fans a little rejuvenation and We absolutely need it right now.
1: I totally agree. This has been another Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe on the YouTube video and five-star us on Spotify because, as you know, we are on Spotify now. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. And as always, go Wolves. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.